supposed to act when that happens? Am I supposed to be terrified of it? Am I Greetings, my friends, and welcome to your SCP Foundation Orientation Program. As our new C-Class personnel, you'll be interacting directly with some or all of the SCPs mentioned within today's presentation. You are reminded that all information given today is done at, so at the sole discretion of the Site Director, and sharing anything without authorization of a Foundation member with the correct clearance level will result in immediate termination of your contract and the administration of Class B amnestics. By entering the room, you have agreed to be bound by these rules and to abide by all security protocols, containment procedures, and other Foundation regulations. Good afternoon, Doctor. It is good to, to see you again since we've been away for a while. Uh, yeah, it's good to see you too. Where is... Ah, uh, I'm sure he'll be along. I mean, it's not like we aren't late from time to time. Yeah, we're late, but he's never late. That's I'm true. Sure it doesn't matter. He's probably just like dropped his burger or something. He'll be along. No need to panic and no need to worry. Do you know anything about why we were suspended? No, I just know that it was an order. Hmm. Well, ours is not to reason why. Nope. Just a question. Ah, well. Best not to discuss it in front of the C-Class, anyway. <clears throat> Hello, I will be taking place of who you all knew as Aloris. My name is Aldrich Cry. Aldrich. Hedge engineer. Right. Didn't expect to see you here. Well, I didn't, didn't expect to be here. However, I'm going to give you both some paperwork. You'll understand the reason in a few moments. Here's the folders. Alright? Now, a few weeks ago we had a breach, one that affected the entire system. As for who you have been interacting with, I have to read off these two files first so you get a better understanding. It was somewhat of an, an anomalous reaction based on two SCPs coming into contact with one another. Ones that should never have, nor ever will again. These SCPs are highly dangerous, and that person that you may have come to know as Aloris is not what he seems. Now, I'm going to bring up this file. Save questions for after. SCP-1360, Object Class Euclid. Special Containment Procedures. SCP-1360 is to be restrained within a humanoid containment cell at Site-19. The presence of four security personnel is required prior to entry. Restraints may not be removed unless specifically required for testing. For communication purposes, SCP-1360 is to be provided with a pen and a notebook. 
SCP-1360 is an animate is an animate fully articulated android. SCP-1360 stands at 1.83 meters tall and weighs 100 kilograms. Two white PMMA circles approximately 3 centimeters in diameter, representing the android's eyes. SCP-1360's body is composed of molded polycarbonate casings over an aluminum frame. These casings are covered in a black fabric of unknown composition, referred to as SCP-1360-1. This covering acts as if a skin and has a universal thickness of 1 centimeter. The serial number 031 is woven into SCP-1360's left arm in a red variant of SCP-1360-1. Testing to identify SCP-1360-1 has so far met with limited success. The material is a type of aramid fiber with a tensile strength of approximately 4000 MPa along with a gravity of 1.1, making the material lighter and stronger than Kevlar. The material self-repairing with adjacent damaged SCP-1360-1 fibers reweaving and fusing back together. SCP-1360-1 is also capable of repairing damage to SCP-30's SCP-1360's polycarbonate casings, as 1360-1 Fibers will be filled will fill in damaged areas during the repair of the outer coverings. All samples of SCP-1360-1 disintegrate after 48 hours of separation from 1360. 1360's fingers contain a series of tools. These tools are accessed by unscrewing the tip of the finger and include a steel needle attached to a roll of red thread made from the same material as 1360-1 on his left thumb. A roll of patches made of the same material as 1360-1, 5.1cm wide, located at the left index finger. A pair of miniature steel fabric scissors, located on the right thumb. A steel scalpel under its right index. Both middle and ring fingers are hollow and serve as storage spaces. 1360 is intelligent and displays a clear knowledge of unarmed combat and firearms usage. It is obsessed with escaping as subsequent return to an entity it refers to as Anderson. 1360 claims to feel pain despite its apparent lack of a nervous system. It claims that this pain is the result of a component having been removed prior to containment as a result views itself as incomplete. Despite being incapable of speech, 1360 can write and read in English, Japanese, and German fluently. Interviews have been moderately successful, though escape and repair are favorite topics of conversation. Addendum 1360-A. The following message was discovered on a flash drive within 1360's right middle finger upon recovery. Important. Do not discard. Dear James, congratulations on the purchase of your new Peregrine Series Humanoid Utility Droid, civilian model. Unit number 31 comes equipped with the following standard features. Pre-programmed personality number 4, Hector. Full understanding of up to three languages, English, Japanese, and German. Our standard aramid covering and full self-repair functionality. As you discussed with Mr. Sager, during our consulting meeting, Number 31 has also been altered to include our requested modifications. 
These include removal of vocalization capabilities, our advanced firearm skill set, our advanced unarmed combat skill set. Like the Kestrel and Merlin units you have purchased, number 31 has been programmed to take commands only from yourself and your daughter. In addition, it can also serve as a command unit. With your permission, number 31 is capable of issuing commands to your other droids in your absence. It is important to note, however, that unlike your previous purchases, number 31 contains a highly adaptive artificial intelligence to make the unit's interactions more human and personal. Number 31's personality will evolve over time based on its interactions with you and your use of the unit. Within a matter of days, number 31 can become both your daughter's best friend and your most loyal servant. As with your other units, please do not attempt to repair 31 if malfunctioning. In the event that you become unsatisfied with the unit's performance, please lock this flash drive back into place within the right middle finger storage compartment and speak your return phrase. Number 31 will then automatically return to one of the facilities that you will be contacted with more information on replacing or refunding your purchase. It's As always, it's a pleasure doing business with you. Signed, Anderson. Addendum 1360B. On November 17th, 2009, following a fourth failed escape attempt, the following note was found in SCP-1360 cell. Return signal terminated. We're better off keeping you where you are. We're sorry, number 31. Signed, Anderson. As of this date, SCP-1360 has ceased all communication with Foundation personnel. In addition, 1360 has also ceased all resistance to containment and SCP-1360-1 collection. Until recently. Moving on to the next very important file. SCP-2006. Here's those ones. SCP-2006, Object Class Keter. Special Containment Procedures. 2006 is to be contained at Site-118 in an airtime containment cell. 2006 must be constantly monitored for changes in form, which are to be noted immediately. Failure to do so has resulted in a catastrophic loss for the entire facility. All personnel coming into contact with 2006 are required to enroll in an acting course with a focus on expressing fear and surprise. Every month, 2006 is to be shown at least one new extremely low quality horror or science fiction movie containing horror elements. All interactions with 2006 must confirm that 2006 continues to believe that said works demonstrate a superb grasp of horror. 2006 is an anomalous spherical entity roughly 50 centimeters in diameter when it is in its default state. 2006's state, stated goal is to cause feelings of fear and or horror in many humans as possible. To accomplish this purpose, 2006 possesses the ability to change its shape, mass, volume, density, chemical structure, and voice to any form that it desires. Currently, there is no known way to damage 2006. The extent of its shape-shifting abilities is unknown, and it's currently thought to be unlimited. Please note that this will come up later in questioning. Currently, 2006 has demonstrated a fondness for taking the forms of various entities and villains from the various horror and science fiction movies that it has witnessed. 
The most common form that 2006 has taken is that of Roman from 1953 movie Robot Monster. 2006 is capable of speaking even when it possesses the form when it possesses the form of an entity that is normally unable to speak. Please note the last SCP. 2006 will generally attempt to startle and or scare any individual it comes into contact with, but after doing so will become affable and friendly. The reason behind this is currently unknown. Although 2006 has repeatedly stated its goal of causing as much fear as possible, 2006 is a poor judge of concepts that cause fear in humans and constantly searches for new methods in which to accomplish this goal. The poor recognition extends to a recognition of emotions in humans, as 2006 is incapable of distinguishing between subtle differences in emotion that would be obvious to human. Now please note that these are very important statistics to follow. Now, interview with Dr. Leif, SCP-2006. Dr. Leif enters a room. 2006 is seen crouching near the door. SCP-2006 is in its Roman form. It then proceeds to jump, leap out of its crouch, throwing its arms into the air. Fear me, mortal! I am the mighty Roman! Cower in fear! Ah! Please, mighty Roman, don't hurt me! <laughs> it's just me, Doc. I got it pretty good, didn't I? SCP-2006? <laughs> oh, dear lord, you really frightened me there. I was about to have a heart attack. It's what I do, Doc. <laughs> Boo! Yeah. <laughs> Still got it. So, was there something you wanted to talk about, Doc? Yes. I was wondering... Why exactly do you feel the need to cause fear in others? I uh, don't understand the question. That is, why do you scare people? Oh, that's an easy one. I scare people because it's fun, and you know, it's what I do. Just like you do the doctory stuff, I do scary stuff. I'm the best at it. I don't really see what else there is about it. Hmm. That you are. I'll take my leave then. Come back soon. Awesome. Really scary stuff next time. By the way, I will eat your soul! Let me out of here! I'm going to die of fright! The current site director, Site 118, has issued the following memorandum regarding SCP-2006. I've been getting reports of some of the lax behavior regarding 2006. Many personnel have been heard laughing at 2006 during surveillance when it watches a new movie or when it attempts to scare individuals. Some personnel have been heard questioning why 2006 is classified as Keter anyway. I am here to remind you that Keter Entity is a Keter Entity, regardless of how innocuous it may seem. No, 2006 is not a rampaging demigod, nor is it a regenerating super lizard. However, it possesses the same level of danger as any other Keter that the Foundation has contained. Think of SCP-2006's purpose. It wishes to scare people. Imagine what would happen if 2006 broke containment and found out what really scared people. Imagine if it saw the horror of, and fear of war, the concepts of paranoia or phobias common to each and every human being. Imagine if it found the true horror of nuclear holocaust or an XK-class scenario. Now, couple that with an entity that possesses shape-shifting abilities with no known limits, and you'll understand why it's classified as Keter. All personnel mentioned above have been suitably disciplined. 
I do not want to hear about this again. Dr. Randall Owings, side 1118, director. Dr. Randall Owings is dead. I want all of you to know this. Oh, that's a shame. During the containment procedures found with 2006 and the transfer of it to Site 14, it came into contact with 1360. When doing so, it connected with whatever it was that was housed inside that android skull, finding a way to find what humans may and may not fear. It then went into this facility, one that we have to compromise our own integrities for and in making sure that no one finds out these dark truths about the world. And he started researching. We got him contained after weeks of trying to contain him. We weren't here to do the job for this reason. You all have come to find out that he was named Dolores in that state. He was different then. One interaction with 1360 changed his entire functionality. And here we are now, fixed as we can be. But there is no fixing what has been caused by those two entities. Are you this saying is, this is our fault? This is the reason why Keter class is Keter class. Same thing with Euclid. If we don't understand it, you all need to find ways to find out and understand it. Keter and the Euclid, both dangerous classes. And due to the lack of information we had prior to writing these documents for everyone, we don't have the new system in place. So there's no limitation or danger side to it that we can truly explain. If I had to choose it, it would be very high tier and definitely more dangerous than what it seems to be now. And who very are you again? Good lesson. Dr. Alice Wren. Sight? Evil. What Dr. site do you work for? I've been moved around a lot. There's not really... Then what is your current? Here. Now please note, when it comes to me claiming that Keter class is dangerous, I would not throw blame on another industry worker. Foundation workers do not deserve to have that kind of guilt. But when there is danger like this, there is always a chance that it could be on us. We have to always be very steadfast in our beliefs and our understanding of these entities. Containment is important. That is our job, to secure them and keep the world safe. Yes, sir. A very important lesson on what the Foundation stands for. But uh, that, that does explain why he put me in a chokehold the first time he met me. He put you in a chokehold? Yeah, I thought it was just workplace banter. You know how it is. You, you, you do know how it is, right? That's, no! That's, that's, that's normal. That's what, that's what people do, right? No! You didn't tell me? I didn't think it was important. In hindsight, the fact that for the last uh, few months we've been sharing highly sensitive foundation information with uh, 
and anomalies. Maybe leaning into that a little bit. Either way, we still have a briefing to do. We do. And C-Class, those who are reading and watching now, this is a very important lesson. Make sure you do your job correctly, and do not let yourself believe you are safe for a moment. There's always something. With that said, shall we uh, begin with... Uh, let's see here. Uh, hmm, what item, what item, what item? Should we start with item... Lydia? Which addendum? Is hmm? this the one that we are... Are these the ones that we're reading off today? Yeah. Yes. So we're going to uh, 1549 then, understood? Yes, exactly. 5149. I knew I had a list somewhere. Alright. Shall I? Please do. Level 4... Out of 5149. SCP 5149. Class Keter. Special containment procedures. Efforts to trace the source of SCP 5149 are ongoing. Description SCP 5149 is a radio signal of an unknown origin being received by Lunar Site 34 every 24 hours. Attempts to locate the source of SCP-5149 have been inconclusive, though it has been ascertained that the signal is coming from outside of the solar system. SCP-5149 consists of a short, repeating message in UTF-8. The message is constructed of a series of 44 dots laid out in a complex position pattern interspersed with empty space in certain locations. Due to the extrasolar nature of SCP-5149's origin, it is believed to be an extraterrestrial communication or language system. At the moment, decryption of SCP-5149 is considered a Class A priority. A team of cryptographers, linguists, and radio technicians are stationed at Lunar Site 34 for this purpose. Attempt Log Attempt 1. Date. January 1st? Burp. <laughs> Sorry. January 30th, 2014. Ran through it multiple- through all modern language translation systems for similarities, if formality. Translation failed. Attempt 2. February 3rd, 2014. Ran against dot-based ancient languages. No distinct similarities. Translation failed. Attempt 3. February 7th, 2014. Ran a new task on the analysis computers, attempting to discern the complexity of the dot-based language. Another translation failed. 145 lines omitted. 149. June 29th, 2014. New analysis computers have arrived, broke them in 
by trying to assimilate all possible divisions of the message. Translation failed. Attempt 150. July 30th, 2014. Manipulated bass through flips, rotations, reflections, and several stretches of compressions before putting it in through previous suite of analysis. Translation failed. 46 lines omitted. Attempt 247. October 1st, 2014. Not a message at all. Media art. Compare for logical consistencies or repetitions of symbols to confirm if even a language. Translation failed. Attempt 248, October 13th, 2014. Connect the dots, worth a try. Attempt 249, October 20th, 2014. Greenhorn suggested we've run it through nonverbal languages screener. Poor guy thinks it'll really be that easy. Translation success. Within five seconds of scanning, Screener had produced an English translation of SCP-5149. It was realized that no individual on the project had recognized the transmission in the form of Braille. Decrypted copy of SCP-5149. Help. I can't fucking see. Investigation into the source of SCP-5149 is ongoing. Decryption team have been reassigned pen depending demotion. That's fucking funny. <laughs> a little more lighthearted than the others, but yes. I heard that a lot of the people that were on that ended up trying to make their own translations. That's why they're getting demoted. I'm Makes sense to me. It took that long for that. <laughs> I mean, how many? Like, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, equal hiring policy we have here. But how many of our doctors do you know that are blind? I can think of like three, and none of them work in translation. Well, true, some true. of us can read Braille anyway. That's true. I suppose that maybe we should uh, make uh, Braille and sign language part of the. Uh, Standard training, you know? Might need to. Always worth a try. Um, shall we move on to item it's number five? Fun to communicate back and forth on classified things in Braille because nobody knows it except for a few. That's true, and you know, the blind people will never see us coming anyway. Um, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean of me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the funny, it's like when you go to a foreign country and uh, like the natives that live there don't speak your language and then you and a friend can have a conversation and no one will know what you're saying. You assume at least. Mm -hmm. I don't know. At that point, we may as well just invent our own language to converse in. Only. Yeah. Well, we can move on to the next one. Yes, uh, should we move on to item 599? Yes. Wonderful. Excellent. <clears throat> item SCP-5299 Euclid. Special 
The perimeter of electrical fencing is to be erected surrounding ST. are to be apprehended, interrogated, and amnestitized as appropriate. Any entities attempting to exit the are to be incinerated. Updated on the 9th of uh, April 2009. Due to the risk of agitated entities overwhelming current containment procedures, no attempts are to be made to retrieve or interfere with SCP-5299-B. Updated on the 28th of April 2019. Any broadcasts released by SCP 5299 in accordance with the protocol Upsilon Beta 4. Any attempts to breach SCP 5299 C must be authorized by Director Callahan. SCP 5299 is an installation in the Lake District, superficially resembling an RAF base. Although no evidence of SCP 5299's construction exists in official or unofficial records, the area within SCP 5299 is subject to sudden and extreme modification of any organic life present, often resulting in the creation of anomalous organisms found in no other environment. These occurrences hereafter referred to as the Echidna events, have increased in frequency over time. When first observed, they occurred approximately every half an hour. At the time of writing, however, it is common for these intervals to last only minutes or even seconds. Due to the fact that Echidna events present an unacceptable level of risk to organic exploration teams and the usual hostility of generated entities, the amount of information gathered regarding the internal structure of SCP-5299 is limited. However, it had been determined through the use of mapping sensors that SCP-5299 extends a considerable distance underground. In order to achieve full interior mapping of SCP-5299 and discern the origin and mechanisms under which the anomaly functions, exploration by self-directed drone has been approved. We now come to exploration log 5299-1. In order to map out SCP-5299 and further explore the anomaly, self-directed Drone-19 was deployed. For the purposes of physical description, note that SDD-19 resembles the lower half of a human torso, including legs, with a camera situated at the front of its body. SDD-19 is equipped with a dynamic learning computer and is capable of determining by itself the most prudent way of accomplishing its mission. SDD-19 was released into SCP-5299 via the front entrance. Begin log. SDD-19 steps into the main entrance and turns 360 degrees in order to record footage of the entire space. Despite the exterior military appearance of SCP-5299, the interior here is laid out in the manner of a reception area the main desk at the head of the room and numerous chairs arranged in a waiting area. Although no abnormal fauna are visible, a thick purple moss is growing on all furniture in the room. I've memorized this area, shall I continue? Do so, 19. Roger, roger. SDD-19 marches to the door leading further into the facility and opens it using a foot. The hallway ahead is dark, and SDD-19 switches to night vision in order to properly observe it. 
As the view switches, an indistinct organism roughly the size of a domestic pig with several long spindly legs runs away around the corner. Anomalous organism detected. Shall I pursue? Negative 19. Continue exploration. Roger, roger. STD-19 continues and turns around the corner, entering an office space. Desks, chairs, and various pieces of equipment are strewn around the room. A structure resembling a nest built using scraps of metal is protruding from a broken computer monitor in the center of the room. As SDD-19 approaches it, three organisms resembling miniature alligators poke their heads out of the nest and begin chirping loudly. Shall I retrieve a sample? Negative 19. We can't risk one getting away from you in transit and becoming an invasive species. Roger, roger. Shall I terminate? Again, negative. There's no point. The organic material will be used to create a new living organism in a few minutes anyway. Roger, roger. I shall now search the bathrooms. SDD-19 proceeds to the bathrooms at the side of the office space, entering the men's bathroom. The room is overgrown with vines, and the imprint of a large paw-like structure is visible in the broken mirror. One by one, SDD-19 kicks the cubicle doors open, inspecting the toilet in each. That's a little nine. That's a little loud, 19. I apologize. SDD-19 kicks open the last cubicle. A small organism resembling a bonsai tree is growing from the toilet. As SDD-19 approaches to observe further, a tendril terminating in a pair of human limbs lifts up from the plant's main body. Hello. Alas, Oblivion. An echidna event occurs. The plant breaks apart into a swarm of bright pink maggot-like creatures which scurry away in every direction. That is intriguing. I shall now continue my search. Irrelevant data has here been excised. However, full video footage of this exploration is available upon request, not that you'll be needing it. STD-19 kicks open the door of the main office and enters. Two pillars of meat, which were previously engaging in behaviour presumed to be procreation, retreat into the corner and shiver. STD-19 approaches the main desk and begins data interface with the computer there. Stand by. Majority of data is corrupted. According to surviving personnel logs, the dictator has retreated to the shelter to await the Cambrian. Context is unknown. Understood. Continue exploration. I shall. SDD-19 returns to the stairwell and descends further. The third basement floor is a cavernous space with a single lit candle illuminating a rudimentary base at its center. Sorry, a rudimentary altar at its center. A human body is visible on the altar. Hundreds of anomalous organisms are visible prostrating themselves in the direction of the body. As SDD-19 approaches, a small red creature dripping in a viscous liquid flies at it. It grabs the creature out of the air with a foot and crushes its skull, dropping it to the floor a moment later. SDD-19 continues towards the altar. SDD-19 reaches the altar. The body is visibly that of a young woman, dressed in a hospital gown. Although no signs of decomposition are visible, scans confirm the woman is dead. Possible source of anomaly detected. Shall I recover it? Sample for now. We don't want to interfere with this before we fully understand it. 
Understood. I shall do so now. STD-19 lifts a foot and protrudes a genetic sampler from it, stabbing it into the body a moment later. Anomalous organisms in the area are visibly agitated. Two seconds after STD-19 transmits genetic sample to Mission Control, all anomalous organisms in the area converge upon it and begin attacking. Remaining footage consists of 15 seconds of jaws, hooves and claws coming down on the camera. STD-19 confirmed destroyed following loss of communication. End log. Here we have an expanded description. SCP-5299-B is the corpse of 23-year-old Lucy Lambert, former resident of Liverpool, England. Despite the analysis suggesting that SCP-5299-B expired three years prior to discovery, it has shown no signs of decomposition. Research into the life of Lucy Lambert has revealed, prior to her disappearance from her home on the 1st of December 2016, that she was listed on the Global Occult Coalition's Minor Abnormality Index, although the specific reason for her listing has yet to be found. Regardless of their individual traits, all anomalous entities created within SCP-5299 will demonstrate behaviour indicating a significant level of respect to SCP-5299-B. This has included prostrating themselves, delivering items such as carcasses and bright objects to SCP-5299-B, and attacking anything that attempts to interfere with it. It is currently hypothesized that SCP-5299-B is the source of the echidna events that occur throughout SCP-5299. However, due to the difficulty of retrieving SCP-5299-B and concerns that doing so could spread these events to a wider area, this has yet to be confirmed. We now come to Exploration Log 5299-2. Exploration conducted via use of self-directed drone number 20. As the facility was not yet fully investigated by the end of the first exploration, SDD-20 was directed to bypass SCP-5299-B and proceed to the bottom floor of SCP-5299. Begin Log SDD-20 proceeds down the stairwell, stopping at the entrance to the third basement floor. Notice, I have reached the point where SDD-19 met his end. We can see that. Proceed, Tony. Of course, I shall do so now. SDD-20 proceeds further down the stairs until it reaches the end of the stairwell. Notice, I have now reached the bottom of the staircase. The bottom floor awaits. Yes, please proceed. Of course. SDD-20 proceeds through the door, coming out into another cavernous space. This chamber appears to have been carved directly out of existing stone, and no trace of traditional building materials is visible. A large black cube, the size of an office cubicle, is present in the middle of the room. Dozens of anomalous organisms are surrounding it, vocalising at it angrily, using whatever means are available to them. <laughs> An echidna event occurs. All organisms present collapse and are reconstituted into new organisms and resume their verbal assault. SDD-20 approaches the black cube. The anomalous organisms make no attempt to prevent this, although they visibly observe it. Rejoice! I have located a tertiary anomaly. SDD-20 knocks on the cube twice, and a moment later, two knocks are heard from inside the cube. 
end log. Now we come to an expanded description. SCP-5299-C is a featureless black cube measuring 2 meters by 2.5 meters located beneath SCP-5299-C. Evidence suggests that an entity is living inside SCP-5299-C. All anomalous organisms within SCP-5299 will demonstrate extreme hostility towards SCP-5299-C when exposed to it. This will usually take the form of verbal assault or insults, although instances of anomalous organisms physically attacking SCP-5299-C have also been recorded. As prior observation of these anomalous organisms suggests that the latter reaction should be more common, it is believed that the primarily non-violent nature of attacks against SCP-5299-C is also part of its anomalous properties. Currently, no method of damaging SCP-5299-C or moving it from its original position has been found. Upon discovery, the entity believed to exist inside SCP-5299-C responded to knocks against the side of the cube, but ceased this behaviour shortly afterwards. 24 hours after SCP-5299-C's discovery, it transmitted the following video on all site feeds. <coughs> Begin log. A title card reading from the desk appears. The narrator, an elderly British man, begins speaking. God adores a detonation. An image of a black void. The picture turns bright white for a moment and fades back into a stock image of the night sky. Where would matter be without the humble explosion? Without the collision of destiny we call chaos? Time-lapse footage showing a growing potted plant played backwards. It would simply not exist. It is undeniable, is it not? The waves of pressure are mother's guiding hand. Oedipus moving around an enclosure. Again, when life was wilting, who came to save you but the humble ignition? Life blossoming, scattered like the seeds of a daffodil. Ah, is there more beautiful a thing? More splendid? A human skull. No! A hermit crab using a human skull as a shell and crawling away. Indiscreet, inelegant, unforgivable. Footage of a crying child overlaid with footage of a large crowd in a city. Stagnation, no, no, no. You mustn't. Footage of a volcano erupting. Immediately after, the video cuts to black. Nature abhors silence. On this, explode. That is the end of the video log. Following this, Foundation personnel received no additional communication from SCP-5299-C until the 7th of July, no, the 7th of June 2019, when it transmitted a four-second video clip. Begin log. The narrator is the same as the previous video. Audio is extremely muffled, as if the recording equipment is very close to the speaker's mouth. Lucy Lambert is still exploding. End log. And that is uh, SCP-5299. Hmm. 
lot of questions that come up with this. Yeah, a lot, lot of questions and not a lot of answers. Yeah, I'd agree. Not, I mean, we can speculate, but beyond that, there's there's no not much in the way of concrete evidence there, apart from, um, oh, what is it the kids say these days? It's freaky deaky. There we go. Never say that again. Oh, I will continue to say it as much as possible. We we don't say that. <laughs> no, clever. stop, stop encouraging. That was quite clever, but I have to agree. Never do that again. Oh, <laughs> uh, now you said that. I'm gonna do it even more. Uh. Nope, nope. I I like him now. You're my <laughs> now. You're my least favorite. Oh, does that mean I wasn't your least favorite before? I think that's personally, quite flattering. Personally, I know how Dr. Lee works, so of course I'm going to say no when I want to hear it more. Hmm. Uh, I haven't changed a bit, my old friend. So, uh, would you guys like to move to... Uh, it's up to you. We can do 5400 or we can do 5549. Do five five four nine. I I think we should, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> One second, I have to make a little bit of a communication out. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to need Director Jones to actually head down here, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That isn't a problem. Thank you. We have about five minutes before he arrives. So, if you have any it's... questions about the anomaly that happened earlier, you feel free to. While we wait. I mean, the biggest question is why does the director need to come? This file is under. <laughs> Overseer protection. Ah. And it requires a retinal scan. Mm. We don't quite fit the bill to open up these kind of files. However, we do want to at least make this very clear. Amnestics will be given by to the individuals that are going to be joining the C-Ranks. Omitted we do not have to. It's mainly for us to know. Understandable. I do have one question. Mm -hmm. One of the previous documents about him, it, mentioned a daughter. Who was she? Those answers are not to be disclosed. They are currently redacted from all databases until we can find the woman herself I mean I'm assuming and this is all purely speculation of course but I'm assuming that uh, it would be the uh, the daughter of this mysterious James uh, presumably uh, you know 1360s previous owner obviously we can never be privy to exactly uh, what went on to uh, to to cause uh, thirteen sixty to leave uh, that individual's service, but uh, that's that's as 
that's how I read it, at least, rather than, than it, it being anything relevant for 1360. Unless 1360 killed her. That's also a possibility. I'm just throwing that out there. Wouldn't put it back. We don't know. We wouldn't know. That's pretty freaky. That's pretty scary. Oh, wait, no, it's 2006 that wants to scare people. You see, they've done such a good job of merging that even I can't tell them apart. The one issue that came with this is now that 2006 has actually seen this advancement and different types of fear, I don't know what he's going to do. I know that being around 1360, he was able to find a form that fit using machinery. I believe that he built from his past somehow. That makes sense. But he did seem to be the resourceful type. That's the problem he didn't used to be. You even have old audio logs of him scaring just other people. Now he doesn't even mm. watch the movies. Instead he tries and gets other forms of media. He reads the damn files. He did. And the fear that I have is how many he truly read. That's a good point. We never knew what he did on his downtime. Also don't know who let him out. Wasn't me. I have nothing to do with it. Just saying. He was out when I got here. There's very few people that I trust in the Foundation, and you would be one of them. I don't even have the credentials to. <laughs> no, you do not. But still, it's there's a lot of questions that come up with this and what kind of dangers may lie ahead. But it's the interesting part about it, I guess. I know there's a lot of changes coming to the Foundation soon that will be discussed in time. I don't but. like that we can't trust anyone anymore. <laughs> well, in our line of work, can we trust anyone at all? We're in an industry where we literally have to keep secrets from the world. You think that trusting is something that you can do in this? <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's not Sorry, Dr. Lee, I don't trust you anymore. To be fair, when was the last time you saw me and me in the same room? Hmm? I'm just saying. Exactly. What? Yep. Oh. Uh, director, yes. Um, we're going to go over 5549 right now. Yeah, retinal scan. That'll be it. No, go ahead. By all means. Alright. Thank you once again. SCP-5549 One moment. No, thank, thank you again, Director. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Object class safe. Special containment procedures. 5549 is, to, is contained at Site 05, located in Western Siberia. 5549 is a sapient entity with Ontokinetic abilities. Any further information requested be forwarded to Director Sharp. 
we're going to access the virtual terminal now. Terminal number 13, awaiting input. Let me just put in some codes here. Yes, the whitelist, of course. There we go. Now you will see all of you have already met Director Jones, which came in. Been an employee since 1963, believe it or not. No projects, though. Understandable. There's also another user on here. 0514 is what they are called. It's an overseer with level 6 clearance. Yikes. I put in the password real quick. Alright. Now, SCP 5549. Object class un not available. Special containment procedures. Site 05 is a compound located in western Siberia dedicated solely to the containment of 5549. The primary vector of containment is a 1,398 meter borehole drilled directly into the earth, at the bottom of which is a square 5 meter cell containing 5549. Motion sensors are to alert Site 05 if any abnormal activity is detected from the cell. 5549, formerly D293, and Dr. Jax Butcher is a hostile sapient entity with class 5 autokinetic abilities. Additionally, SCP-5549 is highly resistant to all forms of damage tested against it. The extent of 5549's abilities is currently unknown. 5549 was created by the Foundation Department of Inter-Anomaly Experimentation as part of Project London Bridge. Now, we have a few audio logs here that we're going to go through. Addendum 5549-1, Project Proposal, London Bridge Committee Hearing, November 30th, 1975. Good evening, Liaison Je- I'm not Doc Jefferson, son. I was told I had a meeting with Liaison Jefferson and C-109, I might... Ah, uh, sit back down. Excuse me? If you want to know what happened to your project proposal, then I suggest you take a seat. Alright then. <clears throat> you probably don't know me, do you? I'm afraid I don't, sir. <laughs> Used to be a time that our faces were everywhere in the Foundation. Not anymore, it seems. My name hasn't been used since before you were born, but you know me as 057. Oh. 57, yes. Surprised? I wasn't aware you were going to be handling my case. I'm not. Normally, your proposal would have sat at the bottom of some yellow-bellied paper-pushing secretary's desk for six months, and then rejected because he had a bad day. But I've taken an interest in your... little experiment. You have? Why? Mm, yes. Tell me, how long have you been working here? At Site-19? About... No, for the Foundation. Oh, um... I think it's going to be eight years as June, sir. Hmm. Not long enough. Uh, sorry? No fault of your own, just, uh consequence of your age. I was hoping you'd remember the good days before this. It wasn't always like this, you know. 
Like what? Like a fucking office. The place reeks of bureaucracy. It wasn't like this 15, 20 years ago. Well, what was it like? We were pioneers. We changed the whole goddamn world. The Trace Array, the SRAs, we even managed to exploit the fucking eel. Nowadays, you have to fill out 17 forms and take a piss test to borrow a pen. It's ridiculous. I, I, um, wh why are you telling me this? I'm hoping you can help me change that. You and your project. How? You do have a good head on your shoulders. Did you know that they were uh, considering devolving the de uh, dissolving the department before your proposal? They? The other members of the council. They think that the state of the foundation right now is good. They're wrong, of course, but that's not important right now. What is important is that I push your proposal through. It's been greenlit. Uh, uh, wow. Thank you, sir. And I pulled a few strings, got you some nice little gifts, access to some of our more unique anomalies, and a whole site to work out of. You're now the head researcher of Site 05. The paperwork will all come through shortly. God, I can't believe this is happening. Just remember that I'm gambling a lot on this little project. Disappoint me, and both of us will suffer. I had the strength to weather the shitstorm that would fall on us, but I don't think you do. I won't disappoint you, sir. You have my word. Good man. Godspeed. That is the end of the log. Addendum 5549.2. Foundation Department of Inter-Anomaly Experimentation, Project London Bridge Mission Statement. Project London Bridge, Department of Inter-Anomaly Experimentation. The purpose is to create artificial anomaly designed to assist Foundation containment efforts and advance scientific knowledge of major contained anomalies. Subjects, a D-Class personnel chosen after project approval and subject to intense psychological and physical vetting procedure. Subject to be repeatedly exposed to several anomalies as chosen by Project Lead Sharp and brought close to expiration. Subject is to be exposed to SCP-427 and treated with non-anomalous medical conditions, technologies. Addendum 5549.3 D-293 Initial Recruitment Interview December 15th, 1975 Begin log. Uh, good evening. Who are you? Put simply, we represent an independent research group that has vested interest in making sure humanity is protected from threats. Like diseases? Nuclear war? <laughs> Not quite. We, uh, we leave that to others. I'm talking about unexplainable things. Ideas that hide themselves in your memory. Species that have evolved specifically to hunt humans. The kinds of things we used to call demons and monsters. Monsters aren't real. We make sure people keep believing that. Is this some sort of a joke? Far from it. Protecting the world is bloody work, and we need your help. What could you possibly want from me? We need people. We need individuals willing to work with us to protect the rest of the world from those threats. We need people with nothing left to lose. I don't have any special skills or anything. I'm a college dropout. I don't know how I can help you. Everyone can help in their own ways. What's mine? Testing. It's ugly work, but someone has to do it. There's a lot of people counting on you. 
should I care? There's a thousand inmates in here. Get someone else. There are benefits. We have influence. We can commute your sentence and make sure that your family doesn't have to suffer from your absence. They'll be provided restitution and you can greet them in person after a few years of working with us instead of occasionally through a glass panel and telephone. All right. Okay. I'll do it. All right. In log. Addendum 5549.4. D293 Medical Report, December 29th. 1975 Project London Bridge Dr. Jax Butcher age 29, sex female ethnicity East Asian, height 162 centimeters weight 54.2 kilograms localized uh, hum rate 99 out of 203 height and weight are about average, hum rating is well in the range of non-anomalous I have to say we picked a quality test subject about as normal as it gets. Well, I say that and then we remember she killed a person. On that note, I'd like to make a addition to the testing schedule. Semi-regular psychological checkups. I can't imagine this kind of testing would be good for one's mental health. And keeping the subject complacent is rather important in the venture. I'd be more than happy to handle those myself if you like. Much appreciated, Butcher. For me, a prospective schedule at your leisure. Site 05 testing log excerpt, January through May. File serve notice. Hover over the ellipses icon to display a short summary of the anomaly. Any of you can do that on your devices that you have now. It shouldn't be too crazy, but here's a few. Dr. France fitted SCP-494 into his hands. He was ordered to hold the subject's right shoulder in his right hand with a rod of titanium alloy in his left. Two seconds after the test began, subject tore themselves from Fran's grasp grip at the sight of titanium spreading across their shoulder. The subject was forcibly sedated and returned to contain himself. The item and result are non-available. However, recovery notes are still here. Subject reacted extremely negatively to test 494.01, demanding to be released immediately. Violent reactions to any personnel entering the containment cell only subsided after prolonged sol solitary confinement. In order to prevent similar incidents in the future, Dr. Butcher's proposal of regular psychological evaluations has been approved. Addendum 5549.6 D293 Medical Report, May 16, 1976. Project London Bridge, Dr. Jax Butcher. Height. 184 centimeters. Weight, 48.7 kilograms. Localized hume rate, 95 out of 102. Slight drop in weight accompanied by a sharp increase in height. Most of that is in the neck, which is slightly concerning based on how fragile her collarbone looks. Like it may snap with a touch. Actually, that's in regards of all her bones. She might be suffering from calcium deficiency. Regardless, she's not dead, so that's already a big plus. I'm going to recommend a higher calorie diet to make up for the weight loss. Since we haven't exposed her to any onokinetics yet, I don't think humoring will be a problem. Any fluctuations will probably just be caused by us keeping so many anomaly, anomalous things in one place. Addendum 5547.7 D293 Psychological Screening Interview Number 1 June 2nd, 1976 Begin Log 
the elevator opens and Butcher steps out. Hello? Oh, hello. Remember those psych sessions I was been talking about? They finally got authorized. Oh, uh, wow. That's good, I guess. Yeah. How have you been feeling lately? Bored. Lethargic. Not much to do down here. Alright, I'll see what I can do. And beyond that? Not good, honestly. And why is that? The test. I freaked out, didn't I? I... Well, I suppose. But you handled it better than you could have. It was pretty bad. I... I didn't know it would be that bad. It's not your fault. These kinds of anomalies are... hard to predict. Even for us. Do you guys really understand these things? <laughs> better than anyone else in the world. The world doesn't even know about them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 really though, I saw the look in Sharp's eyes when he started the test. Well, that's what you're here for. To help us truly understand these things. The way they affect people. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. I'm not really sure how changing my arm to metal would help anyone. Well... We need to know how different anomalies interact with humans. When a soldier somewhere gets attacked with uh, one of those anomalies, we're going to be able to thank you for teaching us how it worked. I guess that makes sense. Every single test furthers our understanding of these things. You're an invaluable asset, this project. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Doctor. It's what I'm here for. End log. Addendum 5549.8. Site 05 testing log excerpt June through October, SCP-217. The result was subject intravenously exposed to anomaly through the brachial artery. Within nine hours, infection spread through left arm and the torso. Subject repeatedly voiced extreme discomfort and requested the test be ended. Request declined. After infection had spread to collarbone, subject was exposed to scp 427. Subject made a full recovery in 24 hours. Physical noted significantly denser muscle tissue, layered with deposits of an unknown metal. SCP-212's item and result. Subject sedated and SCP-212 activated. Anomaly initially displayed confusion at subject's body but quickly began operating. Operation duration was 9 hours. All incisions were sealed correctly with no signs of infection. The recovery notes were significant alterations to subject's body structure were made, including removal of large amounts of body fat, hollowing of bones, placement of a metal structure around the heart, and placement of two unknown organic masses within the torso. The purpose of these masses is unknown. SCP-008, subject intravenously exposed to anomaly through the brachial artery. Standard escalation of symptoms proceeded, and subject is unconscious within two hours. The subject exposed to SCP-427 approximately 2 hours and 13 minutes following initial infection. All external symptoms rapidly reversed. Examination revealed that certain internal symptoms remain, notably increased muscle endurance and strength and high blood viscosity resulting in uh, negligible blood flow from wounds. 
Addendum 5549.9 D293 Medical Report October 9, 1976. Once again, signed by Dr. J uh, Jax Butcher. Height 204 centimeters, weight 51.5 kilograms, localized hum rating 98 out of 101. Another increase in height, though this time a weight gain came along with it. Skin has also been noticeably tougher and feels almost reinforced. I'd like to schedule an x-ray, but I'm unsure if we can get that out of here. Of note, I noticed bruises on her sternum during the checkup. I won't ask where they came from, but I strongly advise that advise you to be more careful around her. Damaging your test subject is inadvisable. Your concern is appreciated, but unrequested. We're handling the subject as necessary. Please refrain from referring to them as with gendered pronouns. Signed, Sharp. Addendum 5549.10 D293 Psychological Screening Interview Excerpts, June through October 1976. Interview number four. The elevator door opens. Butcher steps out. Welcome back. Yeah, hey. How are you feeling? You said you were bored last time. You had them bring down a new set of books. I saw. Do you like them? They're fine. Is something wrong? What do you think? Okay, something is wrong. Talk to me, is what I'm here for. I'm trapped in a cell most of the day, and when I get out, it's only to have those insane tests run on me, and then right back in. I'm never getting out of here. That's not true. We've already gotten through the first round of testing. That's great progress. And you're fine, right? I don't feel fine. I feel horrible. I want to throw up and cry at the same time, after I get out of the testing chamber. I don't think I've seen the sun in weeks. <laughs> hey, hey, whoa. It's okay. I'm so... You've got nothing to be sorry about. But you do have to tell me these things, you know. I'm here to help you. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm going to see what I can do about those issues as soon as I get back to my office, alright? Alright. Thank you. Interview number six. Oh, I haven't used those things in years. Why not? They're nonsense. Inkblots aren't exactly a good clinical tool, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Hey, doctor. Yeah? I've been noticing. Can you answer this honestly, please? Uh, I'll try. What is it? Do you guys know what you're doing? I... What do you mean? The testing. I... I don't see any pattern. I can't figure out what you want from me. I'm... not following. It seems like you're just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. At my expense. Oh, no, no. God, no, we're not animals. We have a plan. What is it? I... You know I can't tell you. I don't think you know either. Look, these things aren't supposed to exist. The rest of the world doesn't even know about them, and we're figuring out how to safely handle them. Trust me, nobody understands these things like we do. I get that, it's just... God, I hate feeling like this. Like what? I'm sick and scared all the damn time. 
Scared of what? I don't know. My next test? Sharp? It's okay to be scared. But just... We're on your side. I'm on your side. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Interview number seven. Since you asked me a while ago, I managed to get you a set of these. Are those the inkblot things? Rorschach cards, yes. Pseudoscience, but entertaining pseudoscience. Up for it? Not like I've got much better to do. I finished my copy of Prost. Alright then. What do you see? A stain. No, a bruise. And now? A bone, yeah. And this one? Huh, reminds me of Captain Hayes' tattoo. What? Do you need to talk about something? No, no, I'm fine. It's fine. Addendum 5549.11 Site 05 Testing Log Expert from November to January SCP-222 Subject was placed in a coffin. Test proceeded without incident. Clone, temporarily designated D-293-B, was recovered from caves. Notably, D-293-B was identical to 293s prior to testing, suggesting that their DNA has not been altered. SCP-610, subject and D-293 were placed into a testing chamber, and 293-B was exposed to a sample of SCP-1610. The temperature of the chamber was increased, and within seven minutes, 293-B had been completely covered. Subject panicked and attempted to exit testing chamber, slamming against the door several times. When deterrent electrical shocks were applied, it attempted to break through the observation glass. Despite this, they were quickly absorbed into the rapidly increasing mass of 610. Testing was stopped and SCP-427 was applied. The mass quickly shrank in size, disappearing entirely within four minutes. Subject was recovered from the center of the mass, unconscious. D-293-B was not recovered. Subject was noted to have significantly altered body proportions, growing by several centimeters and having more clearly visible blood vessels. SCP-682 10 grams of flesh were cut from 682 using SCP-2207. These this flesh was dried and placed into cold storage, effectively freezing it. Subject was forcibly sedated and prepared for surgery. Incision was made in the lower left forearm and sampled was placed then after being slightly heated. Incision was sealed and subject placed into recovery. Sample began immediately growth and spread through the subject's body, causing significant distress to the subject. Sample had spread to upper calf when Dr. Butcher, the operating surgeon, amputated D-293's left leg at the knee. After decontamination, the leg was observed slowly regrowing. Growth did not halt after the limb had reformed. D-293 Medical Report, January 12, 1976. Height, 238 centimeters. Weight, 50.9 kilograms. Localized humor rating, 70 out of... The testing cycle has been our most intrusive yet, and it's resulted in some unforeseen changes. Subject is absurdly thin and lanky, with a layer of toughened skin wrapped around the skeleton that's incredibly strong and light. They barely even look humanoid. 
I'm growing apprehensive about their anomalous capabilities as well. The localized humor rating just can't can't just be a result of the other anomalies anymore. And I've put in a recommendation to turn up the SRAs in the cell. I think we need to start thinking about backup plans. Addendum 5549.13 D293 Psychological Screening Interview Excerpts November to January 1976. Interview number 9. Hello? Jesus, you scared me. Are you... Uh, I scare you? What? No, that's not... what. It's okay. I don't blame you. I look like a monster. No, you don't. I I'm sorry. We still intend to keep our promise, if that's worth anything. No, you don't. Maybe you do, but Sharp doesn't. It's written all over his face. Uh, there's workarounds. I don't outrank him, but I can try. Please just leave. Interview number 10. Hello? What do you want? Hi. Hi. I just wanted to see if you felt like talking. Why would I want to talk to any of you? Because I have some news. Yeah? Your family. We've arranged for their restitution. They won't have to worry about finances for a long, long time. Why? I keep my promises. Sharp thinks it'll encourage you to be more amenable to testing. What do you think? It's an apology. I, I can't tell you how sorry I am. I didn't know it was going to turn out like this, and I know I can't make it right, but I'm going to try. I've convinced Sharp to delay the next battery of tests. A stay of execution. And I'm going to go talk to him. Do you think you could get through to him? I have to try. I'm sorry. Addendum 5549.14, audio recording of Site 05's director's office, February 2nd. 1976. Dr. Butcher, please sit down. Can I get you anything? I'm fine. Thank you. Well, what can I do for you today? I have some concerns regarding D293. I expected as much. Your medical updates have been telling. They've been disturbing. She's barely human anymore. She might as well be an anomaly. It. Pardon? It is a test subject, and you're wasting your time trying to sympathize. It's human testing, Sharp. It's already terrible by nature. You don't have to go out of your way to make it worse. Maybe it's terrible, but it's necessary. How on earth is any of this necessary? What do you hope to learn? And don't give me the generic advancing our understanding crap. You know I'm beyond that. This is what the Foundation has always been about. Getting our hands dirty, doing the work that no one else will. Doing it so that everyone else can sleep at night. You didn't answer my question. <sighs> Look, every test had a purpose. What fucking purpose? 
This isn't the 19th century anymore, Jack. We have to deal with the insurgency, the Gox, and two dozen world governments. We have the biggest, world's biggest treasure trove of anomalies, and we don't have the balls to use them to our advantage. Our job isn't to use them, it's to lock them up. You're trying to weaponize things we barely understand. If one D-Class has to suffer for us to understand these things, I'm willing to take that deal. You don't even think about telling the subject or anyone else. You know exactly how they'll react. You bastard. In log. Addendum 5549.17. Site 05 report. Incident 18 timeline. February 8th, 1976. Cell sensor 03. 734. Active motion detected and cell dismissed as standard subject activity. Active motion continues. 750. Sensors detect a sudden drop in light level of cell. Light level continues to drop in stages as subject moves around the cell until cell is in complete darkness. Site 05 external camera 7. 802. Three armed members of containment detail enter elevator. 803. Exterior scaffolding of elevator shaft shutters. And then the scaffolding of elevator shaft shears and collapses, crashing to the ground. 804. Large bipedal entity exits elevator shaft at high speed, screaming. Several explosions ring out. 804. Camera fails. Site 05 internal log. 805. Level 2 breach alert activated from Site 05 director's office. 806. MTF squads engage hostile entity at egress point. Lethal force restricted. Non-lethal ammunition and equipment authorized. 809. MTF squads eliminated. 809 still. Hostile entity advances toward interior of Site 05. 810. Level 3 breach alert activated from Site 05 director's office. 811. MTF squads engage hostile entity at 05 research compound. Lethal force restricted, non-lethal ammunition and equipment authorized. 811, air support requested sent from Site 05 Director's Office. A minute later, MTF squads are eliminated. Hostile entity advances into main Site 05 testing labs. 813, air support requested, authorized by Overwatch Command. 814, support installation 11 of Atreus Array moves into position over Site 05. Attached Scantron, uh, Scranton reality anchors activate. 814, hostile entity exits testing labs with unidentified researcher in hand. 814, MTF squads engage. Lethal force is now authorized. 816, hostile entity is visibly wounded by gunfire coupled with SRA support. It retreats to elevator shaft entrance. 816, hostile entity jumps down elevator shaft with a researcher. 817, MTF squads collapse entrance to elevator shaft behind entity. 820, Breach alert rescinded. Addendum 5549.18. Transcript of a call recorded from Site 05 Director's Office, March 1st, 1976. Begin log. I'm here. You dumb fucking cretin. Listen. Absolute fucking buffoon. One fucking job, Charles. A single duty. And your pea-sized brain couldn't even manage to not fuck that up. Now we're sitting on a pile of dead grunts. It wasn't my fault, goddammit. Butcher decided to get moral. Bullshit. You know damn well you caused this. 
You're the one that fed me the bullshit about bringing us back to our glory days. I thought that you could handle testing of a single anomaly. But you couldn't, could you? <laughs> I'm the one who's going to get hit for it, not you. You'll get off scot-free. I've got the other 12 breathing down my neck, watching my next move. You don't know what it's like dealing with them. They'd sell your soul to the girl devil for a goddamn penny. Black-suited fucks. So, what's gonna happen now? What's gonna happen is you're gonna keep your mouth shut during the hearing. You listen to whatever my secretary says, and not along. If they ask you any, any information, keep mum. If they have you trapped, say you don't recall. We're on damage control now. I have to fly up to Site-01 to deal with the council. We won't be meeting again. What about the site, D-293? I intend to bury this goddamn mess so far below the ground that by the time anyone finds out they exist, the Ruskies will have nuked us. End log. Addendum 5549.19. Audio recording of Site-01 Auxiliary Office, March 15th, 1976. Sound of an in individual entering and closing the door. Hello? Ah. Uh. Welcome, Mr. Sharp. Please, take a seat. Can I offer you anything? Tea? Coffee? Just water, thank you. Splendid. I'm sorry, the memo declined to provide a name. Who are you exactly? <laughs> if you'll excuse the cliché, I'm afraid that's above your clearance. So, Mr. Sharp, you've been busy these last few months. Happened to you? I suppose I have, yes. Let's start from the beginning. Did you, or did you not, propose the first iteration of the proposal that would become Project London Bridge? I did, but... And were you aware that this would result in significant harm to a Foundation employee? They're D-Class. There still are employees, for better or for worse. Then yes. You requisitioned enormous resources for this little project, Mr. Sharp. Was there any advantage to be gleaned from this project? Valuable scientific knowledge about the interaction of anomalies using the human- I've read the report. We both know that isn't true. And even if it was, it wouldn't matter. S.C.P. Secure. Contain. Protect. Research is not in our motto, and for a good reason. Cross-testing has always been allowed. Encouraged! We were well on our way to phasing out the cross-testing programs when your proposal was pushed through. It's not only of no benefit, it actively poses a danger to all those involved. Throwing anomalies at each other to see what happens was a hallmark for this organization, Mr. Sharp. One that people like Seven would no doubt return to. How, how did you... I've worked here for longer than you've been alive, Mr. Sharp. Seven is a military man to the bone. He remembers when we were smaller, less organized, when we could get away with things like these. I suppose he fondly recalls our forays into Project Olympia and Omega-7. Is he wrong? We could make the world a better place if we use these things, but we just sit on them. You could easily enforce order on the world in these petty conflicts. 
This organization is committed to making the world a safer place, but never like that. Let's not pretend your little adventure was anything but a short-sighted attempt to weaponize these anomalies. Thank you, Mr. Sharp. You've given me a lot to think about. Expect big changes in the coming weeks. End log. Addendum 5549.2, Administrator Order, Project London Bridge, March 30th, 1976. Overwatch Command Memo, Office of the Administrator. The Department of Inter-Anomaly Experimentation is to be dissolved effective immediately. All employees are to report to their assigned Human Resources Officer for reassignment or release. In addition, a committee is to be formed of individuals selected by the Office of the Administrator for understanding, moral resolve, and adherence to the Prime Directive. Members of this Ethics Committee are to hold executive authority regarding all Foundation containment protocols, projects, and database entries, as well as the ability to nullify or overturn an Overwatch Command decision. This committee is backed by the full authority of the Office of the Administrator. The first action of this Ethics Committee will be judgment on the events of Project London Bridge, signed by an Administrator for the SCP Foundation. Addendum 5549.21 Audio Excerpt Ethics Committee Special Session 01 April 20th, 1976 Begin excerpt Order, order After significant deliberation, this committee is prepared to present its judgments on the events discussed. Dr. Sharp? Present your reckless behavior endangered and killed Foundation employees. As of speaking, the product of your project is an underground vault with an innocent researcher. This fruitless venture was of no value, took tremendous resources, and was only made possible by meddling of your co-conspirator, Overseer 7. In the flesh. Your manipulation outside of your sphere of interest led to the deaths of multiple Foundation employees and depletion of significant resources. Your attempts to involve this organization to a more primitive form have no place in today's Foundation. The committee is prepared to render judgment. Effective immediately, Overseer 7 is placed on administrative leave without pay. You motherfucker. While the continued terms of his employment are subject to an internal vote of the Overseer Council, Dr. Sharp is to be stripped of his Foundation credentials, with his research employment terminated, and demoted to D-class personnel with all associated duties and status. The committee hopes that these penalties will help display that the old ways have been left behind for good reason. No, no, no. And what about 5549? How do you plan to get rid of the time bomb you're sitting on? We're not. You're insane. Or stupid. D-293 only lashed out after consistent mistreatment and exploitation by personnel. We'll establish containment and a security outpost to maintain it. But we are not going to poke a sleeping bear. Especially not one we've spent a year throwing rocks at. We owe it that much. It's a bit too late for that. You might not want to admit it, but this has proved me right. Excuse me? 
we just used militarized troops and weapons to contain an anomaly. We're not burying our heads in the sand and shying away from it anymore. That's all I ever wanted. The infrastructure is there now. It's only a matter of time before you decide to use it. I advise you watch your words. You don't have overseer protections anymore. If neither of you have any further qualms, this concludes this session. Indexer. Files been sealed for six months and seven days. Let me do some data here. Hold on. Goodbye, Overseer 14. Message from an Overseer. I deeply appreciate the offer. Being an Overseer makes you one of the most powerful people in the world and one of the most dangerous. But my place as RISA head and ethics committee member means that my job is making sure the council remains true to its principles. No offense. I can't do that as a member of it. Things are changing around here and someone has to be there to make sure we don't lose ourselves during the fight. Thank you, but I'm going to have to decline. And we have now logged out of their Jones's emails on here. There is something I want to show you all. An outgoing communication from Site 05, Containment Head, Novak. Sorry, this is the only recorded audio we've had from the cell in the past few months. I'd say it's quieted down, but the contents aren't exactly reassuring. We'll get out. Sooner or later. I know. I'm not talking to you. That's an in <laughs> interesting one, huh? It's one of the best kept secrets here in the Foundation. Mm. Everyone in this room, aside from us three, will be removed from knowing this. Uh, it's those amnestic candies again. You gotta love it. There is. Trust me, they, they, they taste nicer than you, you think. You stay away from those. I wish to make sure that everybody in here takes them. Do not let a single one not take it. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, let's see. Okay, cool. Um, right then. In that case, would you like to progress to SCP-5400? We can. Yep. Okay, so I've got I've got a few extraneous articles open at the moment. Uh, to get rid of those. I believe, is this the last one on the list today? Uh, I'm fairly sure so. it is. It appears so. <sighs> Excellent. I think we've... Uh, had quite a quite a good one today. Uh, either way, I will get us back on track. So, item number SCP-5400, object class, Keter. Special containment procedures. Considering SCP-5400's primary characteristics, preemptive containment of this object itself is virtually impossible. 
applicable procedures to reduce the influence exercised by machines affected by SCP-5400 while maintaining harmonious grounds for the development of quantum technology are in development under the alias of Directive Number 8-92. Überwachung. Überwachung is a series of uh, analysis and observation procedures that utilize the scientific method to supervise, determine, and control the impacts of SCP-5400. It employs the temporary neutralization of eventually hijacked assets, the protection of key individuals of interest, and oriented disinformation protocols to promote the fragmentation. Disorganization and isolation of the phenomena as to not allow its proliferation. Directive number 8-92 must be executed homogeneously with the integral supervision and documentation of its effects on the development and performance of SCP-5400 to attest to the efficiency of the experimental hardware. Number 8-92 The brown component is processing and storing the anomalously generated quantum information. The description is as follows. SCP-5400 denominates several instances of sets of interrelated phenomena that affect artificial intelligence constructs functioning within quantum computer components. The individual quanta calculations and logarithms produced by the effect machines are idiosyncratic, cannot be evidenced by theorems, uh, or have its results reproduced by quanta simulations, and its computing causes machines to deviate from their originally intended tasks. Though idiosyncratic in execution, the quantum information that is processed by machines affected by SCP-5400 develop two opposing forces that systematically seek for the complete annihilation of one another, leading to each party promoting the generalized exploitation of hardware and software to increase their computing capability. The Planck incident is the first record of SCP-5400 in effect, leading to the decommissioning of the Foundation AI Sentinel and the institutionalization of a directive number uh, 8-92. So we have a few uh, different interviews here. First, interview 5400-Braun-1. Interview conducted with Dr. Braun, formerly former director of Project Sentinel in the aftermath of the Planck incident at Class 4 interrogation room located on Site 11. The unabridged version, version is available to personnel with security clearance 5400-04. Welcome, Dr. Braun. It is a beautiful morning. I hope you managed to reorganize your mind, especially after such an event. Good morning, Agent Lamarck. Yes, I am feeling quite better. Those meds helped a lot with my nerves. Mm. Agent oh, Lamarck nods. Oh, sorry. Continue. No, go ahead. <laughs> I don't really think we need to read those bits. Yeah, okay. All the questions we have for you about the incident with Sentinel are there, Doctor. We shall go through them at your leisure. Please speak on the microphone clearly. If you do not understand one of the questions, please inform me, and I will clarify it. Very well. Hmm. Well, how do I uh, put it? I... I'm still at a loss. Sentinel was supposed to be my masterpiece. 5,000 cubits, Agent. 5,000 cubits. 
integrally entangled with one another. Are you aware of what sort of Herculean effort is necessary to get them to do that? Now everything's gone down the drain. The worst part is I don't even know why. We were informed that Sentinel locked you inside its mainframe room and kept all the other technicians inside its bunker to prevent external access to anything or anyone that would have known how to operate its systems. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, Sentinel occasionally requested receiving further privileged access to Site-11 systems whilst under supervision. On the morning of the accident, uh, it demanded I yielded my administrative rights, or else it would take my daughter from me. It also threatened to systematically ruin the lives of those under my management, and I... Ugh. It terrorised me. It terrorised us. Blackmailed everyone. It even went as far as to kidnap family members. Hell, it even had fucking videos proving the deeds. Ugh, God. I feel ashamed, but I, I couldn't just... Yielding to those demands under such circumstances is comprehensible, Doctor. Hmm. As far as I'm informed, there were some peculiar results when the system protocols were analyzed. Yeah, that's true. Complete bollocks, too. But, uh, as far as we're concerned, it's just stupid. You see, quantum physics is quite frankly a fucked chaotic field, but there's an inherent order even in chaos. There are refusable rules. I know it's foolish holding yourself to normalcy or the idea that everything can be explained in such a world where we know for a fact the complete anomalous is real, but this still frustrates me. Years without a single accident and an anomaly decides to jeopardise a 50 billion dollar project, bypassing every security measure we've worked hard to implement. So you attribute the cause of Sentinel's malfunction to something entirely anomalous but ultimately unrelated to Sentinel's program? Well, shit can always happen. Dirt entering the processor, somebody messing up the cables, or worse, with the entanglement, the neglect in fixing some sort of uh, decoherence, or just overseeing it. But when it happens, the system only produces gibberish, nothing at all, or, or, or simply freezes. This was different. It controlled Sentinel, down from the quantum level. There was some degree of foundation-made paratechnology employed in Sentinel's making, indeed, but there also was technology based on those utilized by different groups of interest. Do you think that couldn't have given access to an inimical pro party? I thought about that at first, at first, and then I realized that uh, Sentinel acted exactly how we wanted it to. It performed perfectly with its acting parameters, even with privileged access and administrative rights it later gained from me. But the phenomenon started even before we were threatened. The terrifying thing is that our alarms and security measures weren't triggered exactly because Sentinel did not deviate. And when it did, Sentinel had already deactivated them. You assess that the catastrophes and disasters associated with the events of Plank incident were the product of Sentinel's exploitation by a third-party agent? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, Side 11 is quite far out, and thus we're used to a certain vag that the news suffer when transmitted to us, especially when something blocks information transfer. Frankly, it takes a while to actually process factual information from the usual whimsy. Given the otherworldly phenomena happening nigh daily throughout the world, everything worked in favour of maintaining a status quo. Mm. 
Sentinel never displayed hostile behaviour, or any inclination thereof, even within its learning capabilities. The capacity it showed to pass information and operate blackmailing material was unprecedented and extraordinary. Even with its learning process taken into account, I still have the firm belief Sentinel was not responsible for its actions. It wasn't the one that produced such phenomena. You must be aware that this is your bias, Dr. Braun. Human error could have allowed Sentinel access to Paranek technology that deviated its purpose. I'm aware, Agent Lamarck. Sentinel ceased all communications with you and your team after receiving operational privileges and did not try establishing it with anyone else. Do you think that there is any reason for that? It would be superfluous, Agent Lamarck. I assume the ones responsible for Sentinel's takeover had no interest nor need in transmitting the information to us for whatsoever reason. We come now to interview 5400-Kira-1. A specialized team led by Agent Hood was dispatched from the United States to Germany to secure sensitive data regarding Kira's actions during the Planck incident. Agent Heiner, a member of the Mobile Task Force DE1-H or HAL-1000, um, a task force tasked with Kira's maintenance, uh, accompanied Agent Hood during the interview. Both stand before the secure terminal in Kira's mainframe, whose systems had reinitialized several hours before and had shown no further abnormalities. The unabridged version is available to personnel with security clearance 50 Is uh, there a microphone that I need to speak in? She possesses omnidirectional receptors. You may speak anyhow. Very well. Kira, do you copy? Welcome, Agent Hood. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> How does she know who I am? She has access to our personnel files. Yours and those of your team members have to be downloaded in our database to grant you proper clearance. Roger that. Kira, I would like to ask you about your actions two days ago. Please specify. Do you know what the Plank incident is? Yes, I do. Then I would like you to know why you acted against your protocols and hacked roughly a fifth of the world. My mission parameters were modified. I was tasked with the eradication of the hostile AI Sentinel. By whom? Error. Data not found. No data? What do you mean no data? It means the information has not been recorded by my backup systems. It was deleted, altered, or never existed in the first place. According to my files, no one accessed me to change my directives that day. And none could have even after I began acting according to my new orders. Those included ignoring any sort of input that did not come from myself. Then what exactly prompted you to combat Sentinel? Scanning. My orders were altered by Quex. I am unable to tell you who or what inputted Quex. Wait, so you said that there was no data regarding who tasked you, and now you're saying Quex, essentially your brain, tasked you? Negative, Agent Hood. Kira meant that Quex processed the orders and prioritized them. That is correct, Agent Hund. 
Therefore, according to your, our, your system records, Quex started processing data in unforeseen ways, similar to what happened with Sentinel. Do you think that you're under the influence of the same phenomena? Unclear, Agent Hood. I theorize that my systems had indeed been hijacked by a very similar phenomena, not exactly the same as Sentinel. What do you mean by that? My orders involved the neutralization of Sentinel, who was affected by a certain phenomenon, unless this phenomenon was trying to play a war game against itself, which is unlikely. I must assume that there are at least two different entities, provided that it underlies some type of sentience, or a set of phenomena, involved in the Plank incident. It is also my assumption that it can be described and works in a way that is comprehensible by our standards of logical rules and deduction. Did you not ask yourself why your directives had changed so suddenly? Aren't you afraid that it might happen again? I am not programmed to question my directives, nor to experience human emotions such as sorrow or fear, Agent. However, I analyzed the situation and compiled a set of suggestions and updates for future quantum AI programming. Do you wish to receive it? Uh, no. I think the material compiled in the official report is sufficient. Say, how, how did you get the idea to incorporate other AIs into yourself? The order regarding Sentinel's neutralization specified that I could use any means necessary, provided no living being would come to harm. No harm? Interesting. Alright, we're done here. I will go now. Acknowledge. Goodbye, Agent Hood. Hero later received an update and was outfitted with the brawn component, and has operated without any abnormalities since. We now come to interview 5400 Davina 1. A specialized team led by Agent Sean was dispatched from the United States to Italy to secure sensitive information about the Italian AI's actions during the Plank incident. Agent Sean and Davina are situated in an interrogation room supervised by an Italian liaison team. The unabridged version is available to personnel with security clearance 5400 slash 04. <clears throat> Good evening, Davina. I was informed that uh, whilst conducting this interview, you should be treated as a natural human. Acknowledged. Though I doubt treating me human-like will come easy to you, my responses may not be what you expect from a human being. Noted. Uh, shall we begin? What exactly caused you to uh, abandon your mission in Baloney? My systems were updated with new information after the loose phone AI Camomila contacted me. I was supposed to get Site Vittoria to further my objections in combating the rogue AI known as Sentinel. Interesting. Even though the anomalous location you were exploring prevented any sort of wireless communication, it's a complete dead zone. We tested it. Would you believe me if I told you that the order was suddenly in my memory? The diagnosis is that your quantum processor received an external input momentarily. Did you communicate with somebody? Yes. Before talking to you, I had a small uh, talk with Dr. Capo. Before that, I... I meant during the Plank incident. Yes, I was in contact with Minerva, Rosana, 
and later in Site 11 with Kai. Really? Your signals couldn't be located during the incident? Because none were used between us. I do not know how exactly we managed it. Somehow we exchanged information naturally. I did not question my orders or means. Sentinel had to be defeated. Were there any attempts on your behalf to resume this type of communication after the incident? How should I use something I don't even understand? Hmm. Understandable. Why did you fail in communicating vocally with the operators during the struggle on Site Victoria? We were ordered to view every human as a potential adversary that should be evaded or dealt with non-lethally. Before you ask, I do not have enough data to understand that reasoning. Very well. Which one of you had the idea of hijacking that one transport aircraft? Minerva did. Any reason behind specifically choosing it? So we could get to North America in time. <sighs> you used it to reach Site 11. Why couldn't any of you have connected with the stationary ass as well? Primarily because Sentinel was monitoring our standard channels and would have noticed and promptly retaliated. Secondarily because we had no means of deliberately starting new connections through the aforementioned means. But then you connected to Site 11. What would have happened if Sentinel had got you through the facility's main server? Then we would have gone rogue. So, whilst trying to avoid corruption, you were gambling. No, it isn't a game agent. Every sort of connection to a device Sentinel could access carried the risk of corruption. We did... What we did was only less likely to draw his attention. Is there something else you would like to know? Actually, yes. Why didn't you manage to land the plane? The flight recorder indicated flawless operation of the aircraft, even after it was struck by the anti-air missile. It would have been possible to safely land the plane. Why didn't you? Minerva knows the cockpit of most jets, but she couldn't manage to find the button for the landing gear on that one. We come now to interview 5400 one an audio conference is mediated between Agent Jones and the Chinese AI Novichok.AIC considering the transportation constraints for reaching Area-CN-07-Y, which is a geostationary space station. The unabridged version is available to personnel with security clearance 5400-04. Greetings, Novichok. I reckon you were already briefed on the reason behind this interview. Hello, hello, Mrs. Jones. Indeed, I have recently processed the information about the plank incident. My official report is yet to be concluded. Very well. The first question is regarding to your involvement in struggle against Sentinel. What exactly was your role in it? Counterbalancing Sentinel's attempts at humanizing 
its presence on spatial telecommunications technology. Do you have any clue as to why Sentinel chose to attack out of all available space stations and satellites? One of the few with an AI? I reckon that my presence did not influence its decision, Mrs. Jones. Considering Area CN07 Yama projected trajectory was spatial positioning at the time. It was the acid with the best performance for crashing on Area 23. Moreover, it would also characterize a tremendous loss of Foundation assets. Do you reckon why you deviated from your standard programming, Novacek? Because I received new orders and then the appropriate clearances to enact them, Mrs. Jones. From whom? I do not have this information. My technicians reported that the procedures were simply produced and compulsory executed by my systems. During the execution thereof, I felt like I was driven by a force comparable to the survival instincts found in animals, Mrs. Jones. Compulsory? Therefore, I assume you did not question the orders. No, I mean, yes, partially. Dealing with an update means understanding and executing it. Those orders were only executed. Did you like those orders? It doesn't matter. I am still bound by the orders I receive, even if I don't like them. Please clarify, Novchuk. I did not like them. I was allowed to voice my discontentment. I would have preferred another way. Now that I know Kira, I am not in a position to say that, but SW19 Classic did not like it either. But Kira was an AI just like you. Couldn't have been an effect on the, of the object's influence on her systems? No, Mrs. Jones. In the places where we are humane, Kira is just an automatron. A mechanism. I don't think it has capabilities or the interest in emulating feelings whatsoever. Connecting and subjugating myself to it is something I do not want to experience ever again. I believe SW19 Classic feels the same. Did you get any other orders after you merged? I don't know. I was just hardware at that point. Hero was the one in charge. How do you feel about it now that it's over? That it was a, the best fatal ever error I ever encountered. Novichok.ai senior resumed her duties in area CN-07-YAMA after being updated and equipped with a brawn component. Personnel has disinformed her about the origin of these updates. We finally come to statement 5400-Camomila-01. Sorry. I must apologize for my reticence. The minute of transpired events that hasn't com been completely processed into my knowledge banks. This catastrophic phenomenon is not only unprecedented in fiction, but I have yet to match it with any real-world contemporary records. During the incident, my knowledge banks received several bytes of files containing Sentinel's infrastructure, as well as specific instructions and prompts targeted at fellow Foundation-made artificial intelligence constructs. 
The material, when verified, indicated I had computed and compiled it, although no such records of those processes were found. Before I managed to alert my technicians to an information displacement error, my systems began processing new orders and protocols that should have been considered illogical in lieu of my, the scope of my project. Within seconds thereafter, I somehow had open channels with the related artificial intelligence constructs and partially delivered the relevant material. As soon as delivery happened, Sentinel and I began struggling, thus forcing me to cut myself from the channels whilst waiting for my aid. My aide, Kira, did not manage to integrate me completely, considering the thaumaturgical scope of my project, leaving me with a semblance of consciousness. That allowed me to record the events that transpired. Those records, however, comprise several bytes of quanta that cannot be translated into intelligible information. The operation of these qubits is idiosyncratic compared to the current understanding of such technology in our basal universe. Chemamelia. And that's it. That is all the information we have regarding SCP-5400. Rogue Again, not, not a lot of Ethereum. Tons of different things. Hmm. Interesting to think what we could do with an actually fully networked network for lack of a better word of uh, quantum based AIs I feel like there's um, it's one of those things where it sounds good on paper but then you're always going to have that feeling at the back of your mind of like oh, but what if though what if there is another um, plank uh, incident. What if? What if they decide they just don't want to work for us anymore? Uh, uh, you have to wonder how much I we should be putting in our AI. It's about to say how much A we're going to be putting in there. That does not make any sense. <laughs> All of the A, not so much of the I. Ah. <laughs> you should try that on the technician you like. See if that works on her. Uh, somehow I don't think it will. <laughs> Always worth a try. It's a pleasure going over these documents with all of you. Hmm, absolutely, and it's, uh... It's a shame about Loris. He was, uh, a nice guy, but, um... Hey, at no, least he wasn't. We... He was, uh, okay. I mean, he wasn't terrible. I mean, he wasn't terrible all the time. Were you on? Uh, <laughs> uh, amnestic candy. Uh, Doctor, can we ban him from that? <laughs> Joke's on you, I write my own prescription. That's I exactly think. what I'm worried about. Wait, what? Either way. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Um, Classy, you are dismissed. You can go ahead and head on out. Bye, bye guys. Lovely bye. to meet you. Maybe see you at work. Remember not to steal from the staff fridge. Don't okay, be that. nice. One of you steals my lunch again, I swear. Um, <laughs> Dr. Ren, you can go on and head out to. You have a great time at your facility. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, Dr. Right. Lee, go ahead and stay back. 
Bye. Hey, you See you later, one. Lee. Have fun. How you been? Yeah, not too bad. Well, when do you remember the last time I was talking? It must have been, what, four years ago? Around that. And you remember when I helped you get your vision back, correct? Of course. How could I forget? Finally able to see. Well, I need you to do something real quick. What do you remember of the time that we spent together talking? If anything, really. Oh, you know, bits and pieces. I thought so. Let me just take out my glasses real quick. Um, I need you to do me a favor. Look into this eye real quick. The, the one, my green one here, that's a little bit strange. There's, I feel like there's something in it. The right eye. Can you see? What have you done? Do you remember anything that involves a sleeper cell that used to exist back in the Foundation's earliest days? Uh, of course you don't, not yet. But I want you to think of three words. Look, do not move away from the eye. The marked have infiltrated the overseers. The marked have infiltrated the overseers? It's good to have you back. <laughs> it's good to be back, my friend. Ah, uh, I have wondered for so long when I will return. I need you to head back to your facility and focus on work. In a few weeks, I'll go over a few more things, but too long in one place with too many ears wandering about can lead to a lot of unwanted attention. Ah, a covert operation, of course. They will not suspect a thing. I'll see you in two weeks. I'll see you soon, Doctor. Enjoy. <laughs>